Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are a new just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code COLIN so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop, 3 and Out Podcast. How is everyone doing on this? Well, if you're listening, it's probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I'm recording this on Monday. And the football world's getting back into the swing of things. I, I think basically every team in the league reports in the next couple days. And then we're off and running. Well, not really, because there are rules in the CBA. We're probably six, seven days away from anyone putting on shoulder pads, helmets, and pants uh, to actually play football. But just getting everyone in the same building all across the country is a start. I'm excited. Football season is back. Let's go. Uh, you know, I've just spent a week in Tahoe and it, it was awesome. I mean, it's just place is good for your soul. Uh, if you've never, you know, a lot of you guys live not on the West coast, obviously, if you've never had a chance to do it, do it's something that you would, you should put on your bucket list. And if you ever get the opportunity to go to Lake Tahoe, it, it's great for the soul. The lake is, is a special place, especially in the summer. There's a reason that these quarterbacks, that these professional athletes that play in that golf tournament that aren't from this area, they come back every year. It's freaking awesome. It's the best. I, I, I cannot recommend it enough. There, there's nothing quite like it. It's one of the most beautiful places, I think, in the world. Not claiming to bend every place in the world. 
Uh, but I, I've been to a few. New Zealand, Italy, Spain. Uh, Tahoe's right up there. Uh, so, but it's football season. It's time to talk football. Subscribe if you listen on Collins' feed. We're going to have a lot going on in the volume this this fall, right? Sherm's on board. Richard Sherman, don't know if you've heard of him. Super Bowl champ, several-time All-Pro, future Hall of Famer. He's got a podcast. Michael Silver's on board. I saw he's already interviewing Vaughn Miller. He, he's got million contacts. He's going to be interviewing people left and right. Obviously, Colin, myself, football content, coming fast and the furious. If you listen on Colin's feed, subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast. Do, do that for me. Separately, subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast. We'd greatly appreciate that. I know a lot of you guys support it and uh, already have. For those of you that haven't, if you like the show, subscribe. Also, Middlecoff Mailbag. We'll do one on the show today. At John Middlecoff. It's my name. Fire into my direct messages and get your questions answered here on the show. We're going to do this. I'll, I'll figure out the... Uh, you know, we do a podcast every Monday, every Tuesday, every Friday. We obviously got the golf podcast that comes out Wednesday. Uh, we'll have a weekend podcast definitely in the fall, probably some mailbag stuff. We got a lot, a lot of moving parts, a lot going on, a lot of content because content is king. It's how we pay the bills and it's how I feed my uh, my unborn children. So I appreciate everyone listening and uh, just just lucky I get to talk and do this for sure. And on days like the, today, I feel very special because... No, there wasn't that much going on. We'll get into Gudikins and LaFleur getting an extension. McCarthy already getting peppered about his job status. You know, the Mike Sando quarterback tier is always a pretty interesting one. But for the most part, I think you could guess like the top 14. Maybe not the specific order, but we all got a general idea at this point in time. Right? But there was a story that came out before I hit record today that is just right up my wheelhouse. And I've been saying this for a while that... Something's just off with Kyler. I, I, I can't quite describe it. I don't know him personally. I don't really know anyone with Arizona. But I just had the situation red flagged from last season to then this offseason demanding a contract. And then the Cardinals capitulating and paying him. And there was a clause that surfaced today because of Ian Rappaport. Rap sheet. I like rap sheet. Threw it out there, which... Listen, sometimes you have to, when you see a piece of news, you have to go, why did that go out? And I think the reason that went out is the Cardinals would want Rap Sheet to put that out before the Florios and the other blogs of the world put that out and start talking a lot of shit. Now, it was inevitable once it got out, but it's like they were trying to get in front of it. And listen, the clause was basically forcing him to study independently four hours a week. He had to study on his own, separate from practice, separate from meetings, separate from working with the coaches independently on his own for four hours. We're all kids. Anyone that grew up in a home where your parents told you to do your homework can relate. They forced you to do your homework and study. I hated academia. Me and academia did not see eye to eye. And part of it was every time from high school to college, I was studying things that did not interest me. Now, looking back, some of the courses I took in college would have a lot more interest to me now. I took a lot of business courses. It bored me at the time. And part of it is, I'm a hands-on guy. I need to be able to relate to what they're talking about. And at the time, I don't have any money. I've never had real jobs besides like, you know, working construction or working on the ranch. I, I can't relate to what I'm learning about in finance and accounting classes. Now, looking back, I wish I would have learned more. But that spoke to who I am. I need to have my hands into it. And most importantly, the thing I've learned the most, for me personally... And I think a lot of people can relate. I've never been more curious in life. The time I got the most curious is when I left school. 
because I got to focus and listen. I, I guess I'm lucky, but I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily consider myself lucky. I did what I wanted to do. And when you do what you want to do, that usually means you're passionate about it. And the more passionate about you, something you are, the more time you're willing to put into this. You know, am I a little tired? Do I, is this, could I have waited next week to do a bunch of podcasts? Sure. I like podcasting. I like football. I don't view this as work. You know, just like a lot of people like Elon Musk can spend a lot of time on Tesla. He's passionate about it. Bezos with his company, all these guys from entrepreneurs to workers to a million of you guys listening right now. If you like what you do, you're more willing to put more time into it. And the more time you put into something, usually the better you get at it. That's the way the world works. Now, some people are more gifted initially, right? And Kyler is a good example. Kyler is a freak athlete. One of the greatest athletes we've ever seen in the history of the NFL at the quarterback position. Not in terms of size, but just in terms of ability to run, arm strength, change of direction, the whole deal. But in terms of studying, clearly he doesn't like it. And to me, that reflects when you have to force someone to study, one, I red flag the entire situation. And this gets back to go, who would pay someone that amount of money when I'm not even sure he loves football. Because if you love football, studying would come natural to you. Why? It means a lot to you. Do you think Tiger Woods, when he was hitting balls all those years, hour after hour after hour after hour, looked at it like work? No. He looked at it like part of the process to go kick the shit out of everyone in golf tournaments. Do you think Peyton Manning and Tom Brady counted the clock, punched in and punched out when it came to film study? Tom's still playing. Of course not. Why? Because they know they have to do that to be great at football. They are able to study film. Why? They're addicted to it. It means everything to them. And usually to be great at something at the highest level, you kind of have to be addicted to it. There's no 50-50 balance. Well, I put this time in here and then I get to take my kids to Little League. And listen, I'm all for taking my kids to Little League or eating dinner with your family. You can do both. But typically, you have to sacrifice something. And playing quarterback is no different than running company, is no different than dominating as a sales job. You usually have to put an inordinate amount of time at doing that to be great at it. And when you do that, the only way to sustain that is to be addicted and love what you're doing. Because if you don't, it makes what you're doing a chore. And I'm lucky enough to know different people in the league. And I'll never forget when Patrick Mahomes was first coming on, the way they spoke about that guy's love of football. And then as he's become the starter, his love of preparation, how much work and time he puts into it. Because in Patrick's mind, putting time into it is not like digging a ditch. It's not like doing something that you don't want to do. And I say it all the time. Whatever you do as a job, whether you're an NFL quarterback, whether you run Amazon, or whether you drive a tractor. There are going to be parts of your job that you do not like to do. That's human nature. Whether you're Belichick or whether you're the dude selling burgers at McDonald's, there are going to be things at your job that you don't like to do. That's just part of being a human being. But the more you love what you're doing and the more passionate about what you do, you're involved with, the easier it makes everything that kind of suck part of your job come along with it and makes you go above and beyond. And when I saw this clause, I went, my first reaction was, I don't think Kyler Murray likes football that much. 
And there are a ton of people that have a lot of success in the NFL, in the NBA, in professional sports, hell, in any profession that don't like their job that much. So he would not be an outlier there. But to be a great quarterback, I think it is humanly and and just impossible. I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think you can be consistent at a high level if you are not addicted to the process of being a great quarterback. It's not possible. Because look at every single guy that has success in the league. They study. I've heard these stories from Eli Manning to Peyton Manning to Tom Brady to shit Aaron Rodgers to now Patrick Mahomes. The amount of hours they put in, not on the practice field and not on the weight room, in the film room, studying the opponent. It's probably 15 to 20 hours a week on their own. Do you know that most high-level quarterbacks, you know, the way the work week in the NFL works, you get Tuesdays off, right? So you win on Sunday. A lot of coaches give you Monday and Tuesday off. If you lose, sometimes you do some stuff on Monday, but it's 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 guaranteed by the league through the CBA that you get Tuesday off. Do you know that most starting quarterbacks on Tuesday spend three or four hours, usually with the backup quarterback as well, preparing for the opponent, doing their own independent film study? So when they get to their offensive coordinator, head coach, quarterback coach, install on Wednesday, they're not coming in blind. They know what they're getting into. They have an opinion. It's pretty clear that Kyler Murray, and honestly, I, I still can't get over them paying him. One, we, we knew the leadership stuff. They, they admitted it last year when they overpaid J.J. Watt to bring him in because they needed a leader in the room. Now, you can argue that's not overpaying, but when, I, when you draft a quarterback number one overall, if that guy, and then he's a good player, if he can't take some leadership, you got issues. And there was also a story earlier in the weekend that... I think $9 million in Kyler Murray's contract were tied to the offseason and the workouts. So they have put in clauses for studying and offseason workouts with the team. This guy reads to me like some diva NBA player. Who in their right mind would pay this guy? Who in their right mind? You don't get paid for doing your chores when you're a kid getting the allowance until you do them. The reason that Josh Allen got paid, that Patrick Mahomes got paid, that Lamar eventually got paid, is because these teams trust not just the player, but the guy. It's one thing at some of these other positions, but at quarterback, given the investment that you have to make, I have to put in a clause that you have to study on your own. It's one of the biggest red flags I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. In terms of a guy that's going to be on a team for a while, a contract being made. It is mind-boggling. Honestly, I would say my jaw hit the floor, but I'm not really surprised. This is why, and any time that you tell me that a quarterback does not like to study, does not like to watch film, does not like to prepare for an opponent during the season, I will short the living shit out of that guy's career. I will take, if you want to take that guy to succeed, I'll take the opposite. I will go against that guy's future success. And I feel even better about my stance on this whole organization because of this clause. This clause is symbolic of the Arizona Cardinals. And the irony is like, the only reason I don't like Cliff Kingsbury is because of his offense. Cliff Kingsbury, from a work ethic standpoint, I remember watching this thing was at Texas Tech. Dude's a grinder. He might look like a playboy partier. That's not the issue with him. 
the irony with Kyler Murray is he's the lazy one. And that's not possible to do in the NFL to be successful. Two guys in the NFC West this year, two quarterbacks, got huge contract extensions. Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford. One of the stories last year with Matt Stafford, him and Cooper Cup would meet at like 5.30 a.m. multiple times a week to watch film just together. Not with the coaches, not with other players, just those two. It's the price of admission. If you're, It's a grinder's league. This is a working man's league. And when I say that, time takes a lot of time. Maybe you can show up as a wide receiver or running back and not put in the time and get off on your God-given instincts. It is impossible to do at quarterback. And to me, you can't force a guy to want to study. People did for 23 years of my life. I did not care. My parents, teachers. Do you know when I learned to study? When I wanted to study. When I became passionate about it. For the last 10 years, doing what I'm doing, whether it was in the NFL or now doing podcasts and streaming. That interests me. That fascinates me. And I've given all my time for it. Because most people listening, once you become passionate, and once you're all in, you give a lot of your time naturally. Kyler doesn't like football. I think he likes maybe the ability to play football on a Sunday, but that's not football. The NFL is studying all week to get ready. That's Peyton Manning. That's Tom Brady. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's all these. That's Matt Stafford. That's what it takes. And this guy clearly doesn't like doing that. Not even debatable at this time. I also think this contract and the Deshaun Watson contract reflect something. Winners like winners. High-level people associate with high-level people. Losers do loser things. Losers do dumb things. And I, I think about when you just think from a football perspective, the way the Steelers over the years have handled stuff, whether it's from just the criticism of Mike Tomlin last year with TJ Watt, uh, the years of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, it just always felt like a high-level operation. I would say the same thing about the Green Bay Packers. Not everything's perfect with both those organizations, but there is a consistency there. There, there is a reason that they constantly win and just high-level things happen. Devontae Adams asked for a trade. He says, I don't want to play here. I'm not going to sign an extension. That's not an easy thing to handle. They handled it pretty damn well. And I, I just look at organizations like the Browns, who have been a clown show basically my entire adult life. I look at the Cardinals, who, beside a little blip of Bruce Arians, and the one year of Kurt Warner have been known as the, one of the cheapest franchises in all of American sports and have been pretty bad for 30 years. Dumb organizations, organizations that don't have the backbone of success and truly know what it looks like, do things like this. Give a guy $230 million guaranteed when he has half of Texas's massage therapists accusing him of not good things improprieties, stuff that gets you in trouble. The Cardinals, who don't have a long history of success, give a quarterback, I still haven't seen the true guaranteed money, a shitload of cash when he doesn't like to study football. Do you think the Steelers or the Packers or the Patriots would have done something like that? Of course not. But this is what loser mentality and honestly, I don't blame Steve Kime. I don't even blame Cliff Kingsbury. They're all in. Their jobs are tied to this guy. It is what it is. I blame the owner. I blame Jimmy Haslam, and I blame Michael Bidwell. In what world 
would you give a contract to these two individuals given the information that you have? It's easy to give $150 million guaranteed to Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the best players we've ever seen. He's carried a franchise. You know what you're getting. It's easy to ride Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. You feel very, very good about the person and the player. In what world every single other owner Super rich ones. David Tepper, one of the greatest stock traders in the history of stock trading. Arthur Blank, a guy worth an astronomical amount of money. They both said when Deshaun Watson's agent gave the number to kick rocks, F-O-H, give, hang up, click, no, uh, not happening. Well, what did the loser Browns did? Uh, how much you want? 230 guaranteed, all you. Kyler Murray. I want a new contract. I have to get paid. Well, actually, you don't. You have several years left on your contract. And based on the evidence we have of you in the building and on the field, like we'd like a little more before we gave it to you. Instead, he wins. He gets his money. And you have to do insane clauses like the one they just gave him. This is not the stuff high-level organizations do. And there's a reason why in any business, in any industry, losers lose and winners win. And I think both those two contracts are a great example. Because in what world could you have signed either one of those contracts based on what we know? This is not private information. Publicly now, we all know. And we're all laughing. The baseball season is here. This baseball season turned K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Here's what I like. Betting on the Los Angeles Dodgers and betting on the New York Yankees. Bet on the best teams, and you are more likely going to win money. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sports book. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code COLIN. To get started with your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 Arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia 1-877-770-STOP Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan 1-877-8- Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369 New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-888-9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia Attention all wrestling aficionados Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season This is Freddie Prince Jr. and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of the quarterback tiers, 
And listen, I, I when it comes to quarterback tiers, I don't even know what to do with Deshaun Watson. I would not put him on. He hasn't played football in a year. Whenever the suspension happens, who knows how long that's going to be. But when the next time we're going to see him, when he plays again, then I'll have an opinion. But right now, I don't even view him as an NFL player because he's not. We don't ever see him playing. I would also put Kyler Murray in that category as well. Though, I mean, he's a top 15, you know, top 15, 12-ish quarterback. But I don't really know what to make of him. I also put a huge premium when I do the quarterback tiers on experience and sustaining something. Like most people in any business who have some talent can have a great six months, can have a great year. Think how many people made a ton of money the last couple of years investing in stocks, maybe flipping some homes. Like it was pretty easy to make cash, especially if you had some capital. Even if you didn't have that much capital, if you just took a couple of risks, you could three, four, five X your money. Try, try doing that today. Can you do that today? Can you enter this market, whether it be the housing market, whether it be the stock market, make a bunch of money? Because if you can, then I'm impressed. That, that, that's impressive. It's why the people in like the stock market, you know, these, these people that financially manage people's money that for like a 30-year period average whatever, a high percentage of return for their clients. That factors in the good times and the bad times. Like, I've seen Aaron Rodgers in the good times and the bad times. I've seen Tom Brady in the good times and the bad times. Answers the bell every single year. I've seen Patrick Mahomes now for however many years he's been starting. I guess it would have been 17. Or was it 18? Whatever it was. And every single year, I know what I'm getting. To me, those three guys are in a tier by themselves. They are the best players in their own tier. Then my next two guys, I would have to put based on experience, success at the highest level, and just the resume, would be Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford. I can't put Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford around guys like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Not because I don't love Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. Those guys just haven't done it that long. I saw Matt Stafford for a decade, and we went, God damn, he might be one of the most talented guys in the league, but his team never wins. what, What did we learn? Matt Stafford played for the Lions, right? A complete joke organization. Got him with the Rams, Super Bowl champ. I think he threw the third or fourth most touchdowns in the league last year. Actually, it might have been second. And he won the Super Bowl. Like, he's validating. It, it turns out it wasn't Matt Stafford. It was the Lions. And listen, Russell Wilson had a weird year, and maybe he's trending in the wrong way, but based on his body of work, Super Bowl champion, like, I'm sorry. Like, he's done way more than those other guys. And then the other guys, to me, are just in their own category of guys that are trending up, guys that you would want as your quarterbacks, and just studs. So to me, I have three guys who are elite. Aaron Rodgers has been the best player in the league now for two years. Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. Patrick Mahomes, who had one of the greatest starts, who is on, who has had one of the greatest starts in the history of the NFL. Like Those guys are in their own category for me. Then I go Russell and Stafford, and then I go the crew of young guys. It's basically Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. The way I would rank those would be Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, or Burrow, Herbert, however you want to rank them. I don't even care. But those guys are all studs, but they just haven't done it that long. And Lamar had his first kind of glitch. He got hurt. I want to see how he bounces back. Joe Burrow was awesome. Took the took the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Can he do it again? What's it look like when he's the hunted? You know? Justin Herbert, like every single team I've talked to, had him ranked as a top five quarterback last year. Every single one. Now, you'd go, well, his team, they went 9-8. and eight. They didn't make the playoffs. I go, I don't put that on him because without him, they're like a four-win team. Their defense was atrocious. Their coach, kind of a clown show last year. 
Defense was awful. Blew the game against the Raiders. Like I just don't put that on Justin Herbert. Now, if if it if they go nine and eight, nine and eight, nine and eight again, maybe we have to evaluate it. But right now, I put those guys in their own tier. And then you have the group of Dak, Cousins, Carr, all guys that are solid NFL quarterbacks. All guys that clearly, if you have a solid team, can get you to the playoffs. And I think we all agree that's kind of the group that's in the top. And then you got Watson, and I don't really, like I said, I don't know what to do with Kyler. He doesn't like studying football. You know other guys that didn't like studying football? Jamarcus Russell. Now, Kyler is much more talented than Jamarcus, naturally accurate, and maybe he's just better at football. But like, I'm sorry, like I, I don't even know what to do with you. And Deshaun, I, I, you don't even play football anymore. When you play football again, then I can put you on a tier. And all the other guys, I, I don't really care about. <laughs> you know, the the Baker Mayfields, the Sam Darnolds, the Zach Wilsons. Like, I don't even the you, you, we go through Drew Locks. I don't even know what to make of them. The, Jameis Winston's to me, they're irrelevant until they prove otherwise. They're just starting NFL quarterbacks who ever all those teams would replace if they could with any of the guys above them. Uh, it's a fascinating, if you have the athletic, I recommend it. The quotes are cool, but I, I, I really believe that the top basically 12, 13 guys are just in a different category than everyone else. And even in those 13 guys are all in their own separate categories. And I heard Coward say that like Matt Stafford, like I, I can't have Matt Stafford below Justin Herbert, you know, or, or below Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. Like, what are we doing? Like we, we had a decade worth of Matt Stafford and then we saw Matt Stafford with a real organization, and here's the other thing. I've said this forever. I judge you the most in playoff games. If it wasn't for the playoffs, James Harden would be one of the greatest NBA players of all time. Except the playoffs have happened. And we've seen him crumble like a cookie. If it wasn't for the playoffs, Chris Paul would be known as fucking the second greatest point guard behind Magic Johnson of all time. Except the playoffs have happened. And he's not. Right? There's a reason that Steph Curry, LeBron James... You know, Tom Brady, Derek Jeter, like you get extra credit for doing it when it matters the most. Tiger Woods won a lot of majors. That matters. Nadal, Djokovic, like winning the Grand Slams, kind of more important than some random tournaments. So when you do it at the highest level in the biggest moments, even though Stafford obviously has had the one, you know, playoff run. How many would he have had if he would have been played for the Rams for the last five years? Would he have six playoff victories? Probably. The guy's really good. And obviously, Russell Wilson, I know he hasn't done it necessarily recently, but every single year, taking his team to the playoffs with flawed teams, especially the second half, with kind of Pete uh, and that franchise kind of going in the different direction. I want to get to one last thing. There was breaking news. I don't know. I mean, it's not really big news that Gudikins and LaFleur, they got extended in Green Bay. And I think, and listen, I'm just as guilty as anybody. It's just society, right? We make huge judgments immediately when things happen. Whether it be a trade, whether it be a coach hiring or a coach firing. One of the most famous uh, graphics is that year that Doug Peterson got hired. McAdoo, I think, was in his class. McAdoo was an A. Peterson was an F. And then, obviously, Doug won the Super Bowl. McAdoo fired a little bit later. We, we just make draft nights. We make big judgments. And it's proven over and over how little it matters, right? Who you draft on draft night, everyone's excited. Five years later, that pick might be a bust. That pick might be a Hall of Famer. We don't know until we get more information. Now, and we specifically do it a lot with firings, hirings, and trades. I remember when the Raiders traded Khalil Mack. The Sloan Conference, the Daryl Morey Academia uh, you know, analytic crew, 
Said it was like one of the greatest trades in NFL history. Turns out it was a disaster. Why? Because the players the Raiders used the picks on sucked. You know, part of like getting a lot of picks back is nailing the picks. Part of the reason Danny Ainge gets a lot of credit for the trade he made with the Brooklyn Nets once upon a time is because when he traded Kevin Garnett and he traded Paul Pierce and he got all those picks back from the Nets, he nailed a bunch of picks. You know, getting Jason Tatum, getting Jalen Brown. I think Mark Smart might have been already on. He might have been in that crew too. Like, you get credit for not just accumulating picks. I don't care if you get 7 million picks. If you miss on them, who gives a shit? I don't care. Like, ultimately, the 49ers couldn't get along with Jim Harbaugh. They fired him. I know they claimed it was mutual. It wasn't. They fired him. They hired Jim Tom Sula. They lost. It was a disaster. So, when I saw, you know, years ago, Rodgers, McCarthy, butting heads, and it was hard to tell at the time because they had spent their entire career... Obviously, Rodgers was clearly a great player, but I think we all thought McCarthy was a pretty solid coach. And rumors were coming out. Rodgers thinks he's a village idiot. And you're like, he can't be that bad. Well, we have the information. The Packers, one, they know what they're doing. And Rodgers was right. And then the Packers went and replaced him with LaFleur, who's been fantastic. And Gudikins, who I said last year, they don't teach you being a scout how to deal with situations like Aaron Rodgers. That, that's a human situation. You either have it or you don't. You either know how to deal with people or you don't. And clearly, I give Gudikins a lot of credit. He figured it out. Everyone's kind of getting along. And the Packers, years later now, look like enormous winners. Because today, a headline I saw on Pro Football Talk, McCarthy's already getting asked about his job status. Of course he is. People think, and rightfully so, he's not that good at his job. He doesn't call the offensive plays. His team's undisciplined. I mean, last year, I know they won some games, but they played in a terrible division. And I think it's justified so. Like, did Jerry hire the right guy? Hell, when he got hired, he said he watched every game of the Packers or every game of the Cowboys. Remember that? And then the press conference, he laughed and he said he lied. <laughs> it's like, like, is this guy just full of shit? And the Packers, LaFleur, clearly is really good. Part of getting along with star players that's a, that's a skill. Not everyone can do that. He can. And then he implemented the Shanahan offense, and it's helped Rodgers get back to some of the best football he's ever played in his life. And Gudikins been a fantastic general manager. And they didn't just nail that move. Like, that's one of the smartest transitions they've ever had in the franchise. It's not easy to do. Because even if McCarthy, we all agree, is average at best, sometimes it's hard to replace coaches. And when you fire a guy, there's no guarantee you're going to hire a good coach. And they didn't just hire a good coach. They hired a good GM too. And now they kind of have this duo that you feel really good about. One of the best, you know, you would say combinations in the league. They've handled a lot of turmoil. They handled some tough times. They've won 13, 13, 13 games. I know they haven't won a Super Bowl. But only one team wins a Super Bowl every year. And, and, and let's face it, you know, beside Tom Brady, there is no, you could argue Aaron Rodgers is Super Bowl or bust, but he's only been to one. So I'd argue no. Like every year that they go to the NFC Championship game and just have an opportunity to be one of the final four, like that's that's a win. That's just, that's a fact. Uh, so I, I, you know, the Packers nailed that transition. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, let's dive into the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. <clears throat> I don't know where my voice is. I haven't been screaming, haven't been yelling. It just, it scared me for a minute. When I woke up this morning, I couldn't really talk. I'm like, oh my God, where's my voice? It's how I feed my family. You know, because it's, usually I used to lose my voice a lot when I was younger. Didn't really care. Now it it honestly kind of freaked me out. I'm like, I got a podcast to record. Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the pod. Again, it's just my name and DMs wide open. Start with Tyler. Listen for a while, but first time messaging for the bag. With Kyler Murray new contract, I keep seeing stuff about him getting drafted to the A's as well, but chose the football over baseball. How does that work when you get drafted to two sports? Do the A's just waste that draft pick since Murray decided to go to the NFL? Why would a team risk a high pick on someone who just have would have the capability to choose a different sport? Glad to hear your insight. Well, at the time they drafted him, they drafted him in the summer going into his season. So he had never started a game at Oklahoma. Billy Bean kind of swung for the fences because this freak athlete, and honestly, not a crazy pick. No one expected him to be a future first-round pick. I don't think. Not at 5'9". And then once he played at Oklahoma, he had the remarkable season. Kingsbury became the coach. And the rest is history. The A's got nothing for that pick. That is a big goose egg, right? They, they drafted him, and they got zero. So they got screwed. They, they took a risk. They took a calculated risk, and it backfired. And that's just, I think that's the way it works sometimes. It happens a lot in baseball. when Not, not, not two-sport athletes, but when you draft high school kids that might still go to college, when you draft college kids that still have another year of eligibility, they might go back. There's just, there's a lot less guarantees. Like in football, when I draft you, I know I'm going to get you. Same thing in basketball. Well, I guess in basketball, you could have an international guy. 
but you're draft eligible and you can come over unless there are some international contract deals. In baseball, there is no guarantee. Billy took a risk and it backfired pretty quickly. <clears throat> the Cardinals, I guess it didn't backfire, but it could pretty quickly. Hey, John, longtime listener. Inspired by your work would mean a lot if you got the chance to listen to my podcast. Seven-minute episode and share any feedback. Thanks in advance. I'll have to look back at that again. Sean McVay studies himself. I, I saw in in the Whitworth interview, uh, one thing one thing Whitworth said was that his first time meeting McVay or that first off season that McVay used to study himself. He used to, you know, a lot of teams do this. You talk to the team and you film it. And then he'd go back and see how he was communicating with his team. I mean, that's a that's a Bill Walsh thing. Bill Walsh used to film every team meeting and keep archives of his all of his team meetings. So Sean McVay is a pretty impressive guy. A little weird that Sean McVay hasn't signed his contract. Uh, I, I saw that story kind of circulate in the last three or four days that Sean McVay, who turned down Amazon for like $20 million a year, Still does not have a contract extension in terms. He doesn't have it signed. Uh, I think it's safe to say he's not going anywhere. But that's kind of crazy. Love the pod, John. The rare time I disagree with you. Richard Sherman couldn't carry Antoine Winfield's jock when it comes to cornerback tackles. Sherman's best season may equal Wendy's worst. Uh, listen, Antoine Winfield was a beast. Dude tackled. Sher- Sherman's a hitter, man. I- I'll give you Winfield because I-, I think I said Sherman was the best tackling corner of the free agency era. So the last 25, 30 years. But I'll, I'll give you Winfield. He's a physical dude, man. Charles Woodson, another physical guy. Uh, you know, some of those, he played corner and safety. But when you talk about guys that just played safety, I, I'll give you that. I couldn't hold his jock. I mean, Richard fucking hits people. Love the interview with Whitworth. Question for the bag. When you have the opportunity to chat with high-level guys like Wit, do you ever take things they say and incorporate it into your own game? Love Go Low too. When you talk about golf, makes a sport sound badass, which is rare for golf commentary. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 in an interview setting, it's it's easier for me over cocktails or BSing to do that in an interview setting because I'm not like Howard Stern or Dan Patrick. The, this show is not an interview show. You know, a lot of new podcasts, they have interviews every show. Part of this is like, I got takes, I'm going to give them. You can hear interviews a lot of places. I'm going to, me, I'm going to give, you're going to come here for my opinion. And I enjoy, I I would love to pick Whitworth's brain just over a beer or on the golf course. When I interview someone, because I'm not a great interviewer, I'm always thinking about what am I going to ask him next. So I don't, I'm not great at listening when he's talking because I'm thinking about where we're going to go with the conversation. And that's a skill that I, I don't have to like be able to take everything he said. I'd have to go back and listen, which I probably should. Him and Cam Hayward. I mean, you're talking about the NFL man of the year. That that McVeigh nugget was good. Uh, I, I think watching himself. Because I, I think we can all do that whenever we're starting something new or even we've been involved in something for a while. It's kind of just kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves what we can improve at. Not like in a cheesy way, but like, what is there an area that we can be better at? Is there, because I know communication for me, I'm not a great communicator on just basic things, whether I'm talking to my mom, girlfriend, a friend, people I work with. I think sometimes I say something and I realize, like, I don't know if actually what I'm saying got through. 
And I think the, you know, the higher you get up in life, that is very key. Communication is very, very important. That's something I, I need to improve on. I'm not sure you're aware of this, but Debo is hosting a youth camp not far away from you. Just a heads up. Cool. Hey, John, diehard Steelers fan. Just finished your pod with Cam Hayward. Chills down my body most time as I've listened from the stories and nostalgia. Thank you. <laughs> Cam Hayward's a stud, man. So, dude, that dude's a high-level guy. I found Colin's feed a few years ago and haven't missed a pod since. You're the best. We know you're not a fan of Governor Newsom, so I would like to hear your take on him demanding UCLA explain how leaving the Pac-12 helps their student-athletes. I think it's a moronic comment. Also, I'm frustrated with Governor Inley here from the state of Washington. It seems his, he bases his career on copying Governor Newsom. My takeaway is UCLA doesn't owe Gavin Newsom a goddamn thing. So I, I his comments, he's just a classic political grandstander. Who gives a shit? I mean, Gavin Newsom says more stuff that means absolutely nothing than any human I've ever seen. So, like, I can't believe what? That they left for more money? I can. What are we even talking about? I saw Colin crush them the other day. It's just just classic him trying to get involved in something. Like, no one gives a shit what you think on this issue, Gavin. We have an economic crisis going on right now in California. Poor people everywhere. Homelessness. Inflation. Disaster. Like, let's fix some real problem over UCLA football playing Iowa in two years. Give me a break. Honestly, it's embarrassing. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. That's why I didn't even feel very obligated to even talk about it. I, I don't think he, it just doesn't matter. Great interview with Whitworth. Please tell me the dude is going into broadcasting. I think he is. He's going to, he's going to be on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime on the Thursday night game has a ton. I mean, they have like 17 players. Be interesting to see how they all mix in. Uh, hey, John, what's your take on Jimmy G potentially being traded to Tampa? I heard it was just a rumor, and I think maybe is a sign that Tom Brady is going to play both 22 and 23 season and not just 22 and then pass the torch to Jimmy. Greetings from Chile. Go Mito and Joaquin Neiman. You got some good golfers from Chile. The, the, those two might be in live sooner and later. Uh, I, I don't think Tom Brady will be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. He'll either be with the Dolphins or he's going to be retired. This is his last two raw in Tampa. I, I, I feel very, very confident on that. Uh, I, I don't think Jimmy's going to end up in Tampa. I'm pretty sure I haven't checked. I don't think they have any money, one. And two, like, I, I just don't, I don't even think that's an option for them. I don't think it's an option for Jimmy. You know, if you're Jimmy, you would... The, the Niners aren't going to trade him to a place where he's going to sit and be the backup. Because obviously, even if he got traded to somewhere where he has to compete for a job, you trade him to Tampa, like, he's backing up Tom Brady. He knows that. Hell, he's seen it before. So, I, I think that was a rumor. I saw that Jason Light and some people at Tampa refuted it. I think that was just a legit rumor. When I say legit, I just mean it was only a rumor. Not like actual, there was much validity behind it. How do players, especially those in Green Bay locker room, feel about Aaron Rodgers? It feels like his public reputation has taken a hit lately, but at the end of the day, all that matters is the opinions of his teammates. I uh, I don't know anyone currently with the Green Bay Packers. Everyone I've ever known that have been around him liked him. Uh, it's why I thought last year, again, one, one, there's been a big separation 
between the way the media talks about stuff and the way us people, us con- the consumer does, and the way the players do. I think the vaccine thing was a huge separation. Right? I would imagine that now that there's no mandates for vaccines, what percent of professional athletes are going to get that vaccine again or booster? Last year, a lot of them did it. I'm one of those two that was forced into doing it because the only way I'd go to 49er practice was get vaccinated. And I did it. If I wouldn't have had to do it, I would not have. Just like a lot of those guys, they would not have got vaccinated if it wasn't for it being mandated by the NFL. I guess it wasn't technically mandated by the NFL, but a lot of them did it strictly because of doing that. No different in the NBA. Do you think those guys are ever going to get the COVID shot again? When they've all had it, the COVID shot doesn't stop it, and they are perfectly healthy and it doesn't impact them? I would imagine the people that got it, they were on the fence, are never going to touch that vaccine again. So most of the way the media talked about the immunization comment, I think the players internally were not, one, they already knew that he wasn't vaccinated, and two, looked at the vaccines a lot differently than the way it's talked about on TV through the media members. So, and the reason Aaron Rodgers become polarizing is because of that. Let's face it, because of that. I guess the trade request but the immunization comment was took him to another level. And if you just go out on Twitter or the media, they talk about the vaccine a lot differently. And I told Colin this, I remember going on the podcast last year, like young people do not talk about the vaccine like a lot of these older people do, especially in the media. So I don't think a lot of players had an issue with that at all. I think the media did, and the media had a big issue because that's they make a huge issue out of that. I think... For those of us in society, we're talking a lot differently with our people over cocktails out and about in the real world than the media discusses this stuff. And hell, some of us have been having a lot different discussion for two years. Maybe some of you have jumped on board in the last year. I'm sure some of your tunes have changed the last six months. So it's just, especially younger people, you know, we don't discuss this stuff like some of the media elites and the older people. I'll promise you that. So I don't think he's judged like the way the media perceives them. That, that would be my ultimate take. Uh, ben, following you on Twitter, this year I started listening to your podcast. Wish you had started sooner. Biggest compliment I give you as I put off listening to Howard Stern to listen to your podcast. My question is, and not sure if you're allowed under the rules, can the 49ers trade Jimmy G to a team that doesn't have enough cap room by retaining part of his salary and the other team includes cash in the deal to offset the amount the 49ers retain? Net cash impact for the 49ers would be zero. So let's say the Niners eat half and the other team just trades them the cash back. They, they cannot do that. Uh, that. That is not, I, I don't think that's an option because it would impact the other team's salary cap. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say no, that's, that's not an option. I, I see what you're saying. We know the Colts have a great running back behind a very good all-line. They upgraded to a quarterback that makes good decisions and doesn't play like his hair is on fire. But as a Colts fan, I'm not confident in the wide receivers. Pittman can be very good, agree. But after him, what should we expect? I know the Indian media, Indy media is hyping the Colts' first pick, Alex Pierce. But what can we really expect from the rookie? Love the show. Yeah, I think their number one question, I know Ballard gets asked about this, is their playmakers. And the one thing Matt Ryan and some of his heyday had in Atlanta were playmakers. Roddy White, Tony Gonzalez, Julio Jones, Freeman, you know, that they've had a lot of good skill guys over the years. So, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, star, stud. But is their passing game going to be good enough? I don't know. I don't know. He, he just, you know, Carson Wentz was not turning the ball over last year. 
So the, the problem for them was they just weren't explosive in the passing game. And I, I don't know if that much is going to change. Like, he didn't throw 15 picks last year. I'm pretty sure he threw seven. Matt Ryan threw more. So I, I don't think it's just a lock they're going to be a dominant team, even though I would rather have Matt Ryan than Carson Wentz. But I think when you just look at, look at statistically, now, is, is Matt Ryan a higher-level guy? Do the teammates like him more? Of course. So is some of the intangible uh, improvement you're going to get from that? For sure. But I, uh, I hear you. I mean, I think you have major question marks with explosive players not named Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Appreciate everyone listening. Share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Three and out. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Talk to everyone soon. See ya. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.